Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 John 3. Think of a time when you were separated from somebody that you loved and that you know loved you. And think of the, the sense of anticipation you had when it came time to be reunited with that person that you love, that sense of excitement. And in the, the absence, if you really love this person and you were confident that this person cared about you, I'm sure that there was a desire in you to, to please that person and to honor that person. Even though you were apart, you didn't want to act as if that person didn't exist because you cared about that person. Uh, that idea gives us a sense of where we drop in today, back into 1 John, the beginning of chapter 3, and it also gives us a sense of what I hope you're getting from this book. We've talked about how this book is a good book to read if you're wrestling with the question, how do I know if I am really a Christian? And so this book says some pretty straightforward things, and we'll see more of that today, uh, basically saying, hey, if this is how you're living, well, no, you're, you're not following Christ. But that goal of this book is not for you to live in perpetual doubt. The, the goal of this book is for you to have joyful confident assurance, or like we talked about yesterday, for you to actually be saved, for you to know that you are saved, and for you to have joy in that salvation. Because the goal would be, if you're a Christian right now, you are separated from someone that you love, Christ. But even in that absence, the goal would be that you love him. There's a confidence in his love for you and that you then are motivated to live for him, not in this fearful doubt of uh, uncertainty about your salvation, but in this joyful assurance you are living to please him and to be like him. And that's the sense I hope that you get as we start the passage today. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is." And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So do you see that joyful hope and expectation there in this passage? We have this joyful thought of the return of Christ because we will in that moment be like him and we shall see him as he is. And this is all based on this amazing love that God has shown to us. We, we are called children of God, not because we have earned that right. We are called the children of God because of the love of God the Father shown to us through Jesus Christ. And so that's why there should be a longing for his appearance. And in the meantime, a hope that results in our purification. And again, we, we come back to that idea. We're not talking about the perfection of your life. We're talking about the direction of your life, that the direction of your life is towards purity and an increasingly greater purity. Uh, that's what we are moving towards. 
because of our love for Christ. And so because of that expectation, we long for greater purity. Not just because, well, I better be pure to make sure that I get in. No, I love Jesus. I love God the Father. And I want to be like Jesus. So I'm pursuing that hope. Just like you, uh, anticipating being reunited with the loved one, you would seek to, to please that loved one in anticipation of their return. So so that's a thought that uh, we should see in this passage. And my hope for you, as you read through 1 John 3, is that you would be refreshed in a couple things, in some really essential things. Pretty soon we'll get into Revelation and we'll see the warning to the church at Ephesus that lost their first love. And this passage that we're reading today, I hope, protects us from losing that love. Because there's three things I want to to come to mind for you as you read this passage today. And and the first is you need to be refreshed in seeing God's love for you. I mean, that's the opening word. See, see what kind of love the father has given to us. So as you go through first John, don't lose sight of the fact that this is all based on the love of God that he has shown for us. So that should be something that encourages you today. And then the second thing that I hope is refreshed in you as you read this chapter is your love for him. That's the thing out of these three that's not as explicit in this chapter, but it is what makes sense, right? We we long to be like him and we have a hope that leads us to purify ourselves. And part of that is what we love God the Father. We love Jesus Christ because they have first loved us. And so I hope reading this chapter today refreshes just your sense of the amazing fact that God loves you and that that refreshes your love for him. And then the third thing that you'll see a lot of, especially the whole second half of this chapter, that we should love God's people because we love Jesus. And we love Jesus, we love God the Father because they first loved us. Well, now we love his people. And our love for people is real for Christians, for his people, is really tied to our love for him. Think again, if you're in that absence from somebody that you love, let's say in the meantime, they've asked you to take care of something. Let's say maybe they've asked you to take care of their pets. And to be frank, you're not wild about maybe pets in general, or maybe even specifically their pets, but you are going to do that. And you're going to do that joyfully because you love this person and you know that they love you. And you know, Hey, if they love these pets, I'm going to love these pets. I'm going to take care of these pets. Now, that, that's an inadequate illustration um, because we're talking about something that is so much grander than that. We're talking about the church. We're talking about fellow believers. Jesus loves these people. This love that the Father has given unto us. It, it's not just the love that God has shown you. It's the love that God has shown his people. And so your heart should be stirred to love others. After that glorious introduction, let's go through some of the text now. You get into another one of these pretty straight shooting sections in verses 4 through 10, where it sums it up at the end. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil, basically saying, look at how they live. And that's where, again, we want to apply that principle of we're talking about the direction, because even when it talks about no one keeps on sinning that has that seen Christ or know Christ, that, that gets us all scratching our heads and saying, I'm pretty sure I've sinned since I've become a Christian. So does that mean I'm not saved? 
And that's where when you look at this passage, I think it's clear even as it gets on later in the passage when it talks about uh, makes a practice of sinning. We're talking about the direction of your life. Is your life dominated by sin or going back to the phrase used in verse or chapter one? Are you walking in darkness? If that is the direction of your life, then it is evident you are not one of the children of God. You are one of the children of the devil. And so we see again these straightforward statements. Again, the goal is not just to make us be afraid or always tentatively unsure of our salvation. The goal is to give us assurance that if you are a believer, you should see, no, there is a change in direction of our life, and that should increase your joy and your confidence. And that's what we see later in the passage, starting in verse 11. There's so much in the rest of the chapter about loving others. And we do this, we shouldn't be like Cain, and we shouldn't be like the world. The world hates Christians. We should love Christians. We should love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then a famous verse there in verse 16, 1 John three sixteen. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So it's because of this example that Christ has given us of love that should motivate and also instruct us in how to lay down our lives for others. And it gives this example. If you have what someone else needs and your heart is closed off to them and you don't meet that need, what kind of love is that? We don't want to just love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So if you're looking for one specific thing to apply today, that would be a question. How can you today love someone in deed and in truth? Is there a way you need to actually do something today to show your love for another brother or sister in Christ instead of just saying that you love these people? That'd be one key point of application. But this is all tied to the broader theme of assurance. And you see that in verses 19 through Uh, 22, where it starts talking about our hearts condemning us. And that's, if you look at the context here, the goal is, hey, if you see this love for others, that should be one reason for your heart not to condemn you. And actually it should give you confidence towards God and a confidence that leads to great prayer in verse 23. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And then it goes on to make clear, what is his commandment? To love one another. When you see this love working in your life, it's going to strengthen your confidence, not just of your salvation. It's going to strengthen your confidence in prayer. And we see then the goal of this book being realized, that you would have this joyful, confident, assurance of your salvation that now is expressing itself very practically in your prayers because you can go to God and have confidence that he is listening, that he will answer because you have an assurance of his love for you and your love for him. And and you see that fleshed out in how you love other people. So there's some very specific practicals today. Hey, how can you love someone in deed and in truth today? But also, I I hope that there is this broader just refreshment going through this chapter of remembering God's love for you, that inspiring your love for him to keep growing, and for that to work out um, really in your love for the people of God. And that we would see that intended effect of 1 John, not just perpetual doubt or uncertainty, but a growing assurance 
and a, a love for God that leads you to a longing to see Him appear, that leads you to joyful prayer, and that leads you to loving other people. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.